Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the World Cup is well and truly up and running now. We're a few days into it. England have played their first game. Uh, pretty much all of the contenders have, have played as well now. We've got a few more uh, the last group to play here. Now I'm joined, it's Mark Douglas here, the uh, football publishing editor here at NCJ Media and Sean McCormick, our resident World Cup enthusiast and expert. Uh, safe to say, a man who knows his Senegalese defenders from his uh, South Korean midfield playmakers. Uh, shocked us all with his knowledge last week. So this is episode two of the World Cup special. Sean, what have you made of it so far? I've loved it. I think it's uh, it's kind of had everything in the first round of fixtures. We've had great goals, a couple of upsets. England have won, which is always a positive. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it's shaping up to be a very good World Cup. So we'll start with England last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few sore heads, <laughs> none more than probably the man sat next to me. What did you make of it? I thought it played well. Um, I thought first half an hour especially was very positive. Um, you know, they, were, they, were, they were kind of finding the gaps in the Tunisian defence, creating a lot of chances. Unfortunately, they didn't take them. Um, obviously, Jesse Lingard had a few opportunities. Raheem Sterling should have scored. Um, and you just feared, didn't you, when Tunisia got that penalty, you got the equaliser, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. Brilliant start, and they're going to choke in the big stage. But they, they kept it together, found a way to win, which is not you can't really say that about England teams of the past. Um, and I thought it was great to have Harry Kane on the score sheet not once but twice getting mm-hmm. him off and running because um, particularly in the Euros last time you were kind of waiting for him to reproduce mm-hmm. that form for Tottenham uh, from Tottenham than the previous season and he's, he's done it now at the World Cup hasn't he he's got the two goals under his belt you think now hopefully he can kick on against Panama who didn't look great last night mm-hmm. uh, get, him, get a few more goals and if Kane's scoring England got a chance haven't they yeah it's a big win because you, you, England don't win many games World Cup finals mm. generally yeah, they don't win many um, teams don't I, I think you've seen from the World Cup the way it's gone so far as well that it's actually much more difficult to win games at World Cups now I mean Argentina haven't done it Spain obviously played really well but Drew uh, admittedly with a, with a well actually not a great Portugal team actually mm. a, a Cristiano Ronaldo led Portugal team um, Brazil didn't get the win so for England to win was, was absolutely huge I, I just don't buy the the Debate that seems to sort of follow England is is this like this negativity that kind of dogs, it, it kind of clings on doggedly to to England, and it's almost I think it's a hangover from every time that people have let themselves get a bit carried away, um, and and then they get dragged down by the reality of, of world football, actually international football, which is that it's really difficult to win these games. Tunisia, for all that they're not a great team, are a tough challenge as any team is probably Panama Saudi Arabia maybe one or two others in this in this World Cup are, are, are kind of whipping boys but it, we're not in the situation we were 20 years ago where you had 10-15 teams that could easily be blown away I mean look at, look at every team in, in this World Cup barring Saudi Arabia and Panama have been competitive yeah. really mm-hmm. you know Iran Morocco um, Peru looked absolutely fantastic against Denmark these are the teams that in years gone by you'd have said well that's a game that you could target Tunisia were by no means mugs and you could see the way that they played they, they knew they knew what they were doing they were, they were trying to be cynical 
Um, a lot of time wasting in that second half, breaking the game up. And it required from a really inexperienced England team, uh, you know, a, a concentration and intensity and actually a bit of, you know, a bit of faith in themselves and, and, and their, their methods. So, you know, played really well in the first 30 minutes. For me, that was, that was a huge win. And only England's second win in nine World Cup games. So people should really, I think, just stop criticising England for winning games. Well, that was it. Last week we spoke to him about the importance of making that good start. And of the two weaker teams in the group, Tunisia was always going to be the harder game than Panama. And for England to get that win, you know, you actually, when you think about it, it's the first World Cup win in eight years. I know it's, it's a bit yeah. of an inflated fact because there's only been two World Cups. Um, but that was huge. I, I just think that it's just given them such a platform now to kind of kick on and build mm. on. And <laughs> I, was, I, I was out watching the game in Newcastle last night and those fans, like, dancing in the streets it meant so much to everybody to get over the line particularly the way it happened as yeah. well such a late goal and it's just it's set up brilliantly now for the rest of the tournament you, th- you just got to hope that they, they kick on and have that faith in themselves and continue yeah. the way they play because I thought the, you know, the scoreline 2-1 people say oh, 2-1 or 2-2 yeah it's not the greatest result it's a win and they played very very well I thought mm. you know They've got the scoring probably flat actually, when you think of the chances we had in the first half they did very well after half an hour where they kind of like you know, they kind of set up to restrict England and it did work, the plug, the plug of the gaps that we were kind of exploiting um, early doors. But I was pleased with the dy- the dynamism of, of the midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've, we've sort of touched on it a little bit before of this kind of idea that people are negative about England. But I think Jordan Henderson, for me, I know he gets, he splits opinion totally, but I thought there were some really nice moments from him last night. Um, but they're just they're just a bit more fluid. I, I, yeah. I tweeted during the game that England were playing between the lines, and that is genuinely the first time that I can remember at a World Cup where England look as if actually if it's not working, the players will come. The players will take a bit of responsibility, yeah. come deep and get the ball, or they'll move between the lines. Because under Capello, it was a very very rigid four four two. Ericsson, a very rigid four four two. They tried to do something a little bit differently under Roy Hodgson against Italy and they actually looked quite good yeah. people forget that actually England played quite well against Italy yeah. to, but lost their game uh, in, in Brazil actually there's nothing wrong with finding a way to win um, and I think your point as well like, what, what really annoys me when I kind of see the debate played out um, the next day oh they didn't play that well whatever better you won it in the last minute of, mm-hmm. of a game in the World Cup you know it doesn't get much better than that no matter who you're playing it doesn't matter who you're playing you, you, you've got to win it England aren't going to win the World Cup, so, so I know you're you, you're, oh, you, you're bristling at that. They're not going to win the World Cup, so just enjoy enjoy it while it lasts. And when they play kind of quite well, look for, for thirty minutes last night in the second half, it felt very England at a World Cup. Yeah. We felt that way before frustration and all that, but you know I felt that way watching Argentina, watching. Uh, Brazil, certainly if you're a German fan, you, yeah, you yeah. felt that way watching it on Sunday because it's, that's how you have to play in World Cups. Um, you have to play that way in European Championships. England, four, uh, two years ago, couldn't unlock Slovakia, Russia. They, they did it in the last minute against Wales. Yeah. Couldn't beat Iceland. That's four times they had the opportunity to do what they did last night. Um, and then they did it once at the, at the Euros, ironically against probably the yeah. best of the four teams that they, they played, Wales. Um, but you've got to you've got to put away limited opposition. And like you said, if they win against Panama on Sunday, which they should do, yeah. they're qualified, and the, and the, and the, and it rolls on for another yeah, week. Yeah. And you've got England, you've got England in the tournament for another 
10 days, which is which is surely, we just want them to be in there for as long as they can. Yeah, what, what pleased me as well is that it, it, a lot has been made about the inexperience in the squad and, you know, they kept the ball really well, but they kept the ball really well the Euros two years ago, but there yeah. wasn't really much purpose to it. Last night, there was a complete purpose to it. It's, everyone was so direct, everybody wanted the ball, no mm. one went hiding. Even Maguire. And, yeah, yeah, Maguire. Yeah. Pickford. <laughs> Pickford came out yeah, about he, three times. He was Pickford looking for the other secret weapon, I think. He yeah. didn't really have much to do last night, but... He was, he was he ping, ping a pass, can't yeah. he, to be fair. Fra- frying um, in what he could become, yeah. by the way. And, and you know, Sunderland, I mean, you know, this is a Newcastle United podcast, but, um, you know, Sunderland's academy gave two of those players. Mm. I mean, Newcastle really have to, they have to look at that and think the academies that those those players came from were like MK Dons, Barnsley, mm. uh, Sunderland, you know, those players, and Vardy was, Vardy was chucked out of the, yeah. well, he was he come on last night, but, um, you know, some, some, some real, some real talent there and funnily enough from a Newcastle perspective um, and I tweeted about it this morning um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming on mm-hmm. I think looks like he's going to be a hell of a player made a difference last night him and Rashford coming on yeah. good options to have yeah very good I thought you know he was probably one of the questionable inclusions in the squad but he showed in the brief chance he had on the pitch last night that he, he is more than ready for the occasion he cut the good touches he wasn't scared to try mm-hmm. things I think he's still very raw but it was exciting to give him a new dimension when he come on and I thought he, 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 he did impress him. what I would say is as well is that he had a decent season at Crystal Palace so although Newcastle do want him on loan I imagine Chelsea will mm. probably have a bit of a look at him in pre-season maybe even tickle the first team there and yeah. get a few chances this summer well if they've got anything about them I would say Chelsea <clears> should, <throat> should be looking at him and, mm. and we, we, we hope they don't but um, you know Kennedy came and yeah. was absolutely superb for Newcastle Chelsea must have a good team if they don't don't want either of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, finally, I, w- I would say the one thing that I did that I did see a lot in the second it was the second half really um, when England weren't playing particularly well was a lot of Newcastle United fans tweeting me saying John Joe Shelby's name. Now I think I, I just understand why Newcastle fans are kind of uh, latched onto Shelby as the as a kind of core celebrity and stuff, but I, I don't think he would have made a massive difference last night if Shelby no. was in there. Um, I don't think he's ever done anything on an international level, really, to prove to show me that he, he he would make a difference. And it's a little bit of a like I understand, but it feels a little bit like, you know, if you can, if you, it's almost like you're not. I don't know. You've got to get what Southgate's trying to do, and yeah. you know, it's bad for Shelby, but you know, the guy couldn't get in the Newcastle team at the start of the season. See, I, I, see, I would say that you can understand Newcastle point of view, and I thought that he did enough to deserve an inclusion in the squad. But last night. The way England played, playing in the Kane's feet and what have you, and you know, little link up play between Stern and Lingard, I thought they, they were brilliant uh, linking up there. But with Shelby, I think the, the secret weapon with Shelby was that he's going to play those long balls, the Hollywood passes towards Jamie mm. Vardy to a Rashford or what have you. That didn't really need to happen last night. I thought Henderson played quite well, to be fair. A lot of people say that he, he plays backwards and sideways, but he was. He was really confident mm. the ball, wasn't he? He was dictating the yeah. play, he played a few cross field passes, and I thought he really impressed. but um, I can understand the frustration but I think it, it, as you say there, you've got to understand what Southgate is trying to do he wouldn't necessarily fit into the system I would have taken him personally but now that it's here you've just got to kind of accept that it, it's gone it's in yeah, the past I think so, he yeah. may be in the squad in the future but this is what we've got now and it was a good performance last night and every time there's a, there's a nervy moment in the World Cup and there's going to be a lot of them Kevin yeah. Walker said this it's like the fans are going to stick with us in the nervy moments because every team's going to have them it's, it, it's not a World Cup without them it's never playing sail and um, you can't you, you can't just say oh we should have had Shelby we should have done this we should have done that I thought last night there was a lot of 
a lot of reasons to be optimistic and you know just because it was 1-1 and they were, at the time they were struggling to break down Tunisia and find a second goal you can't just keep harping on about Shelby no. you've got to no. stick with what they've got now and as you say I just don't think he would have played in that system last night I don't see how much of a difference he would have made and a, a lot of the reason for the excitement around probably well not excitement but a lot of the reason for the for people sort of getting a bit more excited about England is that probably we haven't seen a lot at this World Cup yet to suggest that there's, a, there's an mm. outstanding team yeah. Um, I, I've, I think probably the best team the best team three teams I've seen to watch um, well Spain were outstanding but yeah. didn't win um, Mexico who probably the best team in terms of the best performance so far um, and then for me like the third best performance I've seen was Peru but they, yeah. they just didn't have the, they didn't have I mean it was like watching Newcastle uh, was Peru mm-hmm. you just felt like they're not going to get it through but those are the three those are the three best of all the leading contenders France looked really stodgy. Uh, Argentina were nothing, really. They were awful. Germany looked, and you just thought, wow, they could go out in the first round. I mean, they're going to have to get their act together against a decent Sweden team. Um, And then Brazil, I mean, Brazil probably get better, but, you know, they they couldn't break down Switzerland, who England have absolutely rolled over Switzerland. Switzerland are no great shakes. Um, So there's your four teams that you'd say were among the favourites. None of them have done anything. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, Spain couldn't. You can't really account for a Cristiano Ronaldo performance no. like you put it on Friday. He was absolutely outstanding. But they played played the ball really well. Didn't they created a lot of chances. I think Diego Costa, similar to Harry Kane, he hasn't really performed at the big mm. tournaments for Spain. But you know, two goals in the opening game, and now got Morocco on around. He could be a real shout for the top goal scorer. Um, with Germany and France, I mean, France on paper. We said this last week that on paper they've got arguably the best squad in the tournament, but yeah. they have got that propensity to choke and they got very, very lucky against an Australia side who, to be fair, them played very well on Saturday, but we all saw how poor Saudi Arabia were and Australia yeah. finished below Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. in the group. Mm-hmm. You know, then that doesn't really bode well for France and yeah, Peru, as you said, were very exciting. I think that's who France have next and if they can take a couple of the chances they create against Denmark then they could be in trouble in that game. And I'd love Peru to go through yeah, for the way I that think, they play. I mean, I mean it, it's probably going to be a struggle for them now because they had to probably yeah. result against Denmark. But um, and but yeah, France France could be in trouble. Argentina could very much be in trouble. They've got Croatia next. Yeah. And there's no reason why Croatia can't win. You know, again, I made this point last week that they've got this golden generation mm-hmm. of players. It's their final chance and. They made the perfect start the other day. I mean, Nigeria were rubbish. They made really short work in Nigeria. Croatia were very, very strong. And, yeah. You know, any midfield with Modric and Rakitic is going to be a threat. And I know. It, it, I mean, if they beat Argentina, then that puts them in a really precarious position. And I mean, I can't see Germany losing twice. I didn't think they played that badly. To be fair, against Mexico, they left a lot of gaps. But yeah. going forward, you know, they look, they look decent. Um, but just imagine if they lose to Sweden it, it, that's it it's done yeah. because if Mexico wins against South, South Korea they can't get, uh, catch those teams and I mean Sweden have defended well and we, we made the point in the office before that they, they beat Italy over yeah, two legs yeah they knocked them out it's not beyond the realms of possibility no. it's just it's, it's kind of spiced it up hasn't well, it I almost, I almost want that as much as I do uh, <laughs> England, to, England to win that's that group it, you know, know to see Germany go out in the first round of the World Cup really, would yeah. be is you know, would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, these teams are going to get better, and yet yeah. you've got to make the point that Spain lost their first game in 2010 and went on to win it. And, and Germany, you know, they could do that because because they are a good team um, and they've got good players, and they obviously won the World Cup. They've got this winning mentality, and you'd say, 
it'd be really surprised. But then again, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't said that. A lot of these teams have spluttered into the tournament. And Germany are probably one of those who actually haven't been in amazing mm. form. They've been a little bit, they, they qualified really strongly, but haven't really done too much since then. Um, and and you, it's difficult to just turn on form. And, and Argentina are the similar one. They've qualified badly. Um, and, you know, Messi... Messi, Messi was poor. Um, Ronaldo totally outshined him in the first round of matches. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't know about judging teams on the first, the first games because yeah, you know a lot of teams do really well at, at first and then, and then uh, you know then sort of fade. But you want to be in a position where you, where you kind of at least laying down a marker and feeling a bit of confidence because it's difficult when you're playing under that kind of pressure. It's really difficult to to come out and win the game I mean Germany are going to have to come out and try and win that Sweden game yeah. because if they don't then um, you know then it's down to goal difference or whatever I mean you'd still think if they if they get a point you'd fancy them to go and beat South Korea and probably then qualify yeah. but you know leaving it leaving themselves very much open to open to all kinds of uh, risk there I think which is I think to me the group stage exciting though but you made the point there that like, there's teams that have Lost in the group stage and can't do things. And Argentina, yeah, lost, yeah Argentina yeah. lost to Cameroon in '99. Um, and and there's, there's so many examples, isn't there? The, the, the team that won the 2006 World Cup were really, really poor. Yeah. Up until the quarterfinals. Yeah. It's, it's kind of peaked at the right time. I, I mean, it, it sounds like a daft comment, but um, a lot of teams that don't necessarily impress early on get better throughout the tournament mm-hmm. and end up winning the tournament. And Portugal in the Euros, for example. Yeah. France in that World Cup 2006 were put on the group stage and then got better and better and better. Um, it happened so many times, so you can't really make too many judgments from it um, because you know the, the, all those teams are mentioned there who have had a bit of a sloppy start, but all capable of going yeah. on to win it still. Definitely. Um, but it, it, as I say, it makes it very exciting, and <laughs> already people are uh, kind of plotting England's path to the quarterfinals. And Not me. And, but you're thinking um, now that Germany's beaten like. Or Germany versus Brazil going to be a last 16 tie, which is very, very possible. Yeah. Um, which would be absolutely unbelievable Amazing. because the two teams who at the start I thought were the two strongest teams in the tournament and could have finished the pace on the last 16, but uh, that would make it interesting though if England's path to the quarterfinals doesn't include one of those big teams. But I think, I mean, you don't want to analyse it too much because you're not going to know until the group's kind of played out, but. If that's the case, then it'd be better for England to finish second in that in, in yeah. that group. Who would they get in the Who would they get in the second? I've, I've kind so of second round. Wait, well, it hasn't. They haven't had a game yet, but Group H. So you play the winner or the runner of the Group Columbia, H. Poland, yeah, or Senegal, um, or Japan. Um, Japan. But basically, if England finished second in the group and then won that last sixteen tie, for, I would say say Mexico win Germany's group. They would play the winner of Mexico and the runner-up of Brazil's group in the quarterfinals. And if you had what they said that at the start of the tournament, I know Mexico looked very good uh, against Germany the other day. But if you said that at the start of the tournament, it it, yeah. it, it could really open up. <laughs> and if it is looking that sure. way, no, but listen, listen. If it, if it is looking that way though, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how England and Belgium approach it because if they both go to that game, both on six points, they'll know. The situation going in because Germany's group finishes the day before that game. Do you win that game or do you or do you play for second place? And well, yeah, I mean it's a good it's a good point, but England have never been particularly savvy at doing a, a game in the tournament, really. Yeah. And I think we saw it in the last Euros that, that actually it was surprising really because I think the Gary Neville sort of Roy Hodgson axis rested a load of players for the game against Slovakia and 
missed out on the easiest route to mm. the final, which would have been the which is what, what Wales ended up with. Yeah. Obviously, they had to go and beat Belgium, but you know that was much easier than England would have played France if they'd have beaten Iceland, where they probably would have gone out, and then it would have been Germany, and then whereas. Wales's route was Northern Ireland, Belgium, Portugal, who looked yeah. beatable, um, and then you're in the final. And, and I think that's always been England's problem, is they're not that tournament savvy. Um, but I don't think you can go into trying you to get can't, You can't, you can't yet, but I just think it's an interesting point to, to point out now to look forward to next week. I just think, how on earth do you, do you approach that game? Do you be professional, try and win the group, but knowing the fact that you're going to have a harder route to the final, or do well, you? If you win three games and you beat Belgium, who are probably one of the contenders, yeah. then you say, "Well, we'll, we'll be we'll, t- we'll take on anybody." Because if Germany finish second that group, then you know they've already been shown that they can be beaten. Yeah. Um, and England have played quite well against England. Know Germany really, really yeah. well. Uh, Brazil, I mean Brazil and Brazil. That's that's a, you know I still think they'll come good and probably probably. To be fair, I thought, I thought Brazil didn't do too badly the other day. Like. In England seemed to do very well against Switzerland, but they are a hard team to break yeah. down. And Switzerland made that game horrible for Brazil. You know, Barami didn't give Neymar a second yeah. to breathe. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, then they took the chance when it came and fully deserved the point in my opinion. But I thought Brazil, particularly for the first half, hour, similar to England, looked very, very good. Yeah. If they can kind of get that together for a full ninety minutes, then they're still going to be a, a very hard team to beat. I think. Two things I've noticed. Uh, number one. Um, African football has gone backwards. Mm. I don't think the best African teams have actually are actually here. Well, to be fair. I mean, hopefully Senegal can change that because I think they've got a chance yeah. of getting through that group. They can't yeah. be any worse than. I mean, we've had yeah. Tunisia were were poor. I mean, well, not they weren't poor, but they were they were limited. They looked limited. Um, Nigeria were a massive disappointment. Um, you know, Egypt. I mean, Egypt massively relying on Salah, obviously wasn't there. Um, hopefully, they might. They might look a bit better again tonight. Tonight when uh, they play Russia, but there's not there's not been a lot there. In fact, there's not been anything from outside Europe and one or two teams in South. You know, Mexico the the one exception. Mexico, it's Europe, mm-hmm. and then you know Brazil really and Argentina. There's not yeah. really anybody. We were expecting African football to come on leaps and bounds, and there are great African players. But there doesn't seem to be any great African teams at the moment. No, yeah, I was disappointed by Morocco to be honest, because I thought yeah, on paper right. they've got a few very good players um, that play in Europe. They could come back. They could, you know, but and, uh, to lose to Iran, Iran they've, 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 they've kind of uh, yeah, very difficult to see them get anything from that group now. Um, but I mean, Iran, that's a, that's a success for them, isn't it? It's one of the yeah. second time they've won the World Cup, and to be, <laughs> to be fair, it was a bit anti-football, but they got the result in the yeah. end. And, it's just I mean, this the run of a fighting chance now. I don't think they're going to have got they've got enough to finish ahead of Portugal or Spain, but they've given themselves over. Yeah. they're going to be right through to the last group game. And yeah, well, Portugal, Portugal, Portugal are the ones that you'd say you'd you'd, you'd fear for them because Ronaldo. They're so reliant on Ronaldo. Yeah. I mean, they had nothing else really in that game other than Ronaldo. I mean, I don't think that they were. Um, you know, I know that they. Uh, you know, I know that they they did they played their part in the best World Cup game we've seen for a long time. Um, but it was Spain really making most of the running mm. for a lot of that, a lot of that game. Twenty minutes in, it was all Portugal, and then Spain just took up, took it on, and Ronaldo was brilliant. But you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to see anyone other than Spain and Portugal coming out of that yeah. group, and probably, you know, Iran. 
hey, like you said, it's brilliant for a round that they've won a game because any 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 time you win a game at the World Cup's massive. Yeah. But you know, there's there's not going to be too much coming out of that. No. Saudi Arabia were absolutely <laughs> terrible. I mean, the worst team yeah. in it by a long way. They didn't look like they were interested in scoring a goal. I mean, that was the biggest the biggest disappointment with Saudi Arabia. They, it was just like tactically they were really poor. Yeah. Um, I know they sent a load of players over to La Liga, didn't they? And it was yeah. um, massive. You know, they just didn't play, did they? So, but there hasn't been a lot of like. I mean, there's always a lot of colour in the World Cup because we see a load of teams we don't normally see, but there's not been, bar in Mexico, there's not been anything that you'd sit think, like, where have they been for two years? Yeah. Yeah, we knew where the good where the good team, we know the good teams, and yeah. it looks like those good teams are going to kind of keep keep coming. Um, but yeah, so I'm not sure about African football. It doesn't seem as if, I would say the Ivory Coast, to me, man for man, are probably one of the better teams. You know, one of the better teams in, in, in the continent, but they obviously didn't qualify. Senegal will be interesting because Mane, obviously, is somebody we're all kind of interested to see. Yeah, I'm excited for that group. I said last week that I think that group could be the most exciting. Obviously, it's kicking off today, so we can't really discuss it in too much detail, but hopefully, hopefully Senegal can uh, change the African football fortunes yeah. in this World Cup. And we'll see. What are you looking forward to seeing over the next few days? Um, well, wait. I think the second round of fixtures are all going to be really exciting now. It's kind of all set up. I think Croatia, Argentina is going to be a massive game. Huge. Um, excited to see how Germany respond um, <laughs> because they could very well be out of the competition by that the game, which amazing. is absolutely unbelievable, isn't that it? would be but, amazing. Um, what else? What else am I excited about? Have you actually watched all the games so oh, far? Pretty much. Because I'm, I'm in. Pretty I'm, I'm already. The only two I haven't seen live were the two on Saturday nights. I was at the boxing, but then I watched them back on the highlights. And yeah, um, I'm excited for Group H. As I said, there, I think that's going to be really, really competitive. That could be a case of there could be three teams that sit on six points. It could be a real tough one to call. Um, Brazil again. It'll be interesting to see how they respond to that one-one draw Switzerland because I mean there should be Costa Rica, but it'll be interesting to see how they try and break yeah. down Serbia. I thought that was a very important win for Serbia. It's given them a fighting chance, and you know obviously Mitrovic the Newcastle yeah. connection for us. Um, but I thought you know there's a couple of decent players in Serbia. Milinkovic Savic, who's uh, been linked with Man United from Lazio, looked, looked a very very good player yeah. the other day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do against Brazil and Switzerland I think I've, I, I said at the start of Tom and I fancy Serbia to get out of that group so be interesting to see how that one plays out I yeah. think um, Tottenham Mirovic as well I thought he played well the other day but it was that same old adage of the problem yeah. in Newcastle he had two guilt-edged chances didn't take them and you know you always have his fans in Newcastle because of the way he plays but you know we trust Rafa Benitez to make that judgement mm. and he doesn't fancy him and Yes, he scored goals at Fulham, but did he find his level? Because, you know, at the highest level, you only get those one or two chances that like you do mm. in the Premier League, the World Cup, and he had to have scored the other day. He, he had such a clear sighted goal, and he mm. so close to the keeper, it wasn't good enough, really. Yeah, which, which was something that, that did happen a few times with, with Newcastle, I think. But, I mean, I like Mitrovic, I'm, I'm, I'm a mm. fan. I, I think that if you, I think that if Rafa was looking for a target man and Mitrovic was available for twenty million pounds, and he had twenty million pounds, and he hadn't worked with him before. He'd probably be looking yeah. very closely at Mitrovic, but it's because obviously he's come in and, and seen him. I just you know, so I, I do think that Mitrovic is a, I think he's a better player than than Rafa thinks he is. But there you go. That's that's it. Finally, one, one last question. I mean, there was a TV um, coverage is always is always really good. Are there any pundits have really 
Impressed you. I think they'd be. I think they've upped their game um, as a, as a yeah. general mm-hmm. rule this time. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I think what Slavin Bilic was there. Uh, is, is good, isn't he? He's, 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 he's frank, he's honest. I love that. Absolutely. He's coming over here, all in the deal. But he was stitches. right. But he was right, yeah. They talk about it all the time. time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the one thing that everybody seems to I want think to talk made, about. I think made a comment the other day as well about, like, why do, we, why do we always concentrate on the bad moments of England? You know, the penalty misses. There's so much uh, replays of Southgate's penalty misses. I know it's prominent because he's the manager and what have you. But he was saying that in Croatia, they just don't do that. They show like the positive moments of the World Cup, and because they've got to the semi-finals in yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but like it's a point, though, isn't it? Like we always concentrate on it, and I thought that was interesting. Um, but there haven't been any good moments. It's the last good moment for England, two thousand two. You can't, you can't have a montage of England. Of England, I, I mean, uh, just playing Michael Owen's goal on Luke. Uh, well, we see plenty of that. We see plenty of that. Nah, nah, we'll cut out the bad. Uh, I, um, I think Annie Luke has been very good as well. Very good, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's refreshing to see a few female pundits in there, and you know that they know their stuff, don't they? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. I think Annie Luke has articulated our points better than most. Yeah, fair. I think she's yeah. been very good. Yeah, it's well, it's nice, and it'll be nice actually in the next World Cup and the next European Championships where. It won't even be a thing. It'll just yeah, exactly. be. It'll just be actually. Here's your here's your pundit lineup, um, you know. Because I, I do think it, it it got a little bit stale, um, and you know, listen, I know Mark Lawrenson totally divides opinion, but I remember at the World Cup in South Africa, um, you had a situation where you had Lawrenson, I think, Hanson, and a few, maybe one or two others who have been doing it for a very long time, and they introduced. It was a New Zealand game. I can't remember who they're playing. It was the the game in the that. I can't remember who they were playing, but it was like a game that you know wasn't a big, mm. a big game, and they were kind of like, oh god, you know, and it was very much like, oh yeah, who's joining us for this one? Kind of almost as if they were doing us a favour by being yeah. there and something. You thought, well, no, actually, like the whole World Cup's about all of that, and 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 you need and you need to have people who are really enthusiastic. And I think what I love about Gary Lineker as a as a broadcaster is that actually he's reflecting. The kind of enthusiasm yeah. that a lot of people feel for the World Cup in his in his presenting style. You had last night. You had a really good panel. I thought in um, Lampard, excellent. Yeah. Rio is really, really, really good so as well. He's a bit like Lineker, isn't he? Where he, he brings that passion. He's yeah. like a fan watching it. And, and but that's but that's it. But these are guys who kind of like they're intelligent and articulate as well. Um, Anyo Luke has been really good. Alex Scott's been good. Um, Gary Neville is yeah. outstanding on ITV and and. Nobody touches him for England analysis. Mm. Last night, I thought it was really interesting what he said about England have really struggled to psychologically turn yeah, yeah. tournaments around when they don't win the first game. Well, he's been involved in, he said himself, eight out of nine, um, was involved in the Russia uh, game last yeah. time at the, at the Euro, so he knows. He's really good. Roy Keane's a little bit uh, in danger of becoming a bit of a <laughs> cliche now of being the man who's you know he's a bit like this brooding sort of thing he's a bit you know it's a bit of a one trick pony I would never say that to his face like <laughs> I, I like him I like him but you're kind of waiting for him to pour scorn on something aren't you that's that's his yeah. stick now so I thought last night I made a point because you looked at that panel and I thought you'd love to be the fifth member of that final yeah. section well yeah, yeah, yeah. Linux Ashira Ferdinand Lampard yeah um, Mark Lawrence as well yeah he might be all cup of tea back at home but I was sat watching the France game on Saturday and, you know France team full of brilliant players yeah. granted the win yeah didn't play that well I'm just thinking all he did was 
was complaining about what was going on. Yeah. And thinking, you're at the World Cup yeah. watching France versus Australia. It's like, yeah. reflect yeah, how it you is, should be yeah. feeling. Yeah. It's not a chore. Yeah. <laughs> but he makes it out to be. And, and I think that's, and I really think that, like, I mean, I'm glad that Hansen gave up when he did because he, he got to that point as yeah. well. And it was very much like, you know, you just felt like, well, I mean, Lawrenson, I know it's his, it's his thing, but he doesn't really analyse the game. He just, compl- I mean, he complained about VAR like the whole way mm. through the game. And you just thought, oh, the VAR thing, you know, it's a big, it's a big, of course it's a big issue because it's changed the way that, and there's been a lot of penalties and, you know, we can go on about that for, for a long time. But like, it is what it is, you know. I'd much rather be talking, at least we're talking about VAR rather than the ball being to Bendy yeah. or... Vuvuzelas or something ridiculous like that. At least it's football, and and you know, yeah, okay, it it is a talking point, but uh, you know, there's been a lot. We do we are spending too much time talking about it, yeah. really, which is why we're not uh, going to it too. Another thing I like part of the pundits as well is, uh, you know, they get asked to give in, insights on players they know, and something that's really good. So Patrice Evra talking about Ronaldo and his, yeah. his insane passion to win and. Well, happy that was great. You, you got an insight of the man. You, you kind of understood why he's so successful. But I think ITV in particular are kind of trying to push that narrative a bit too much to yeah. the point where the stories you know don't make sense. So just like good stories. So Ryan, Ryan, the Ryan Giggs and Carlos Kiros. Well, that made him. It just made him come across bad, didn't uh, it? But I don't um, think Ryan Giggs is a very good punter. No, I mean, he isn't. He isn't. He's not. Like. He just doesn't come across as if he's got anything about him whatsoever, right? Because it's like, well, I think I think they have made that point though because um, that ever story of Ronaldo was brilliant, but then they were like, uh, Patrice, you know Alexander Kolarov really well because apparently they live in the same street in Manchester. They didn't really play on the same nah, teams. It's ridiculous. It was like, well, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bit. I think there's a little bit of. There, it is difficult to to do World Cups well like that. Yeah, but I think. But I think you know like they've got some really good people there, and, yeah. and I, I do I do think we I do think we're kind of spoiled because it's clearly it's a very very good coverage, yeah. and, and the presenters now are miles better than they were. Oh, word for so you know good. I know Jackie Oatley really well. I think she's really good. Yeah. Um, Mark Chapman's really good as well. But Lin- Linick is the absolute. I mean, he is just. Yeah, I like Pugach as well. Pugach is good. Pugach is good. Always. Good. I think it's Jack Jack is good. Like, yeah. Little <laughs> mention the darts coverage as well. Yeah. <laughs> we all love the darts. Yeah. She's she's a, uh, she's fair. She's really good on that. Yeah. She's very very good on that. But it's all about you know she's a good she's a very 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 good broadcaster. Yeah. And, and it's just it's nice to be able to sort of sit there and watch it. I, like my wife has literally. Like lost, lost the plot with me. It's just like you've got to be a bit more selective about the games you watch. I'm like no, uh, <laughs> this is no, like, you'll sit there and watch Morocco versus Iran. Just kicking, kicking me out of the house today. Like I said, she could watch something else from about midday. But uh, but no, brilliant. Absolutely loving the tournament yeah. so far. I mean, I was like a kid in the sweep shot on Saturday. Uh, four games. I mean, you know, absolutely fantastic. And it's gonna get it's gonna get better. Isn't yeah, it? It is, I mean, yeah. It's gonna get better. Um, so. Yeah, so one word on England then. Final word, one word, one word to sum it up. Confident. Confident. I'll go for relief. Re- <laughs> I'll yeah, go for relief. Relief was all right in motion last night, but now I'm confident. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it because I think, you know, this is a team that's kind of set up to it for us to enjoy. I was totally, I was the man really cynical about Southgate, saying he was a failure in Middlesbrough, but um, he's kind of moulded a team as I think it's going to be all right to watch and they've got a lot yeah. of legs in there it could have been very different you know they could have been they could have had Wayne Rooney there there could have been a lot of other players that, that could still be in that team who you know have 
uh, you know, could have still played and he made those changes. I mean, imagine Wayne Rooney as the focal point of that team after the sort of yeah. season he's had for Everton. And See, another managers, other managers, if Sam Allardyce, yeah. if Allardyce was the manager, it would have been a very it's, different looking England team. That was refreshing last night as well. We spoke about Southgate, you know, getting rid of those big players, making the big calls and um, last night there wasn't a player that was kind of lumbering on, wasn't there? wasn't no. a single player on our team that they were carrying. Um, no. You know, every single one of them I thought played very well and, and I know managers aren't judged on passion but it was brilliant to see that Southgate on the touchline celebrating. He loves it. There was a, there was a, a, uh, when the equalised against Scotland in the qualifiers as well, the video of them on the touchline there. Yeah. It's it's good to see, isn't it? It's, it's good to see that kind of like human aspect. Oh, he cares. He, he cares. really does care. Yeah. It's, yeah it, you get care. behind that, can't you? So, yeah. I think a lot, of people, a lot of people are saying that this is the first <clears> England team for years and years and years that they can get behind because they kind of feel like there's no it's not an arrogant team it's yeah. a team made up of kind of lads who seem to want to be there um, and I don't I think sometimes the arrogance was was kind of overstated but they showed that clip didn't they last night of Wayne Rooney coming off the pitch against Algeria yeah. saying oh, I get booed by your home fans and it's like well yeah those lads have all gone paid absolute fortunes to go over to South Africa to go to the other end of the world and see you draw the other world and the ball <laughs> bouncing off Wayne Rooney's Wayne yeah. Rooney's head and leg and shin and stuff and, and, and you kind of feel like look it, it might all go wrong um, you feel like they're going to beat Panama so they get through to the second round in which case they'll have given us more than you know equally no team has gone further than uh, that since 2006 so yeah I mean you know They've got a chance. They've got a chance, but I, I'm still keeping my feet very, very firmly <laughs> on the ground until they get until they sort of get tested in the later rounds. But um, you know they, they've got to beat Panama first. Yeah. I'm more confident of that than I was against Tunisia. But so join us throughout the tournament. Me and Sean are going to be uh, talking more World Cup uh, as the as the tournament goes on, um, and if I can get a, get a, get. Love Island off the, the TV <laughs> I'll try and watch it as well we could do a podcast about Love Island actually I've I got really into that very well, yeah. <laughs> All right. I need to watch a few I need to catch up on the last three <laughs> unbelievable thank you very much for joining us we'll be back again next week <laughs>